Hey guys, welcome back to The Noble Broker. I am your host, Jonathan Lickstein. On The Noble Broker, we welcome producers and professionals in the real estate industry because we are more than pretty people who sell pretty homes. We do more than show houses. We are real people with real passions and hobbies and interests and insight into this industry and this world. So today I wanna to welcome a true professional, my friend, George Guerra, broker owner of Real Estate Salesforce in Miami. And thank you for welcoming us into your office here in beautiful Coral Gables. Listen, thank you for, for making the drive. Uh, as I said, for coming over here, I got you some Cuban pastelitos and a, a little tequila, as uh, I heard in your other podcast that, that you're a big fan of. So I'm thank, a big tequila th guy. thank you for the drive. I hope that uh, at least you can take some, some home with you. A true Miami welcome, a greeted with espresso and tequila with a full salt rim. There you go. I'm treated like a king walking in the door. I love this. So George, let's let's dive right in. Talk who is the man? Where did you come from? How did you become who you are today? The family, the father, the businessman. All right, great, great question. So you know what? Um, I would have to go back in time to my parents, and um, I'm, I'm, my story here in Miami is common. Um, I'm a son of political prisoners, or let me rephrase it, political immigrants who who, who came over here um, with nothing. I think that um, I, from a very young age, um, it was very important to them to teach us what it was to work hard, what it was to be a man of your word, um, and what it was to be consistent. Um, and uh, so when, when I look forward to the man that you see here today, you know, I, I see a product of you know, immigrants who came over here and gave their all for their kids to be successful. And, and for me, I stand on their shoulders. I have a lot of... Um, you know, things that, that, that they, they, opportunities that they gave me to succeed that I want to make sure that, that I follow through. So you're looking at a man with a lot of pressure that really wants to succeed, that, that grew up with a father and a mother who worked hard to keep their family together. And for me, you know, that's super important. It, you know, if you follow me on social media, on Facebook, you know, one of the things that I like to highlight besides, you know, our professional successes is, is my family, my wife and my kids. Um, if, if you dig a little bit deeper, you see that we take our business personal, so my wife is very involved. You know, my kids, when, when they're out of school, they're volunteering, you know, with our charity events, when they're getting involved in our business from the back end. Um, so you know what, George is really somebody who, you know, was very grateful to be in this country, you know, knows what, 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 what it is to, to really work hard and, and make it and lives every single day, like if he doesn't have it. It's probably the best way to, to tell you. I love, I love hearing that perspective. And it's, it's funny when you talk from, you talk to all different types of people in our industry and, and outside really, depending on where they came from and the familial composition of where they came from, it's a different story and a different perspective on everything in life. You know, I, I grew up American family, Northern Virginia, nothing exciting, special or exotic about it. And you go through and you take a lot of the values that you learn as a child and you grow up Whereas there's different expectations when you come from, and I hate to say it this way, but when you come from an immigrant family, Listen, absolutely, and your parents had to sacrifice and, and break themselves in order to get to this point that you value the opportunities a little bit more than the next guy. Listen, not only do you value the, the opportunities, but more important, you see the impossible become possible. You know, when you see somebody come into a country, not speak the language, put their head down, work, and become successful, you know, that's inspirational, that, that's motivational. To me, that takes away a lot of the excuses that you put in your mind when you look back and you see what they've accomplished. And uh, again, for, for me, I, I can't give you enough thanks to the work ethic, to, to the way that we were raised, how strict we were. You know, I tell people this all the time. You know, I grew up with a, with a, with a father who was a hard laborer, a mother who was a housewife, and we grew up 
you know, with a simple mentality, George, you're going to be a doctor, George, you're going to be an attorney, pick one, and then you can do whatever you want after that. <laughs> you know, and, and, and to give you a, a little history, fast forward, my brother and my sister are both doctors. So I think that that rhetoric, you know, really did penetrate within my family. And, and that's, that's generational regardless, regardless of, of where you came from or the familial composition. Um, I'm the first one in my family not to be an attorney in multiple generations. L lucky you. I've never met an attorney that I liked. Well, knock on wood that I'm still that way on the other side of this. But <laughs> anyway, going, going in a little bit deeper. So your, your, your childhood be, made you become a little bit of how you are today. How do you take those lessons learned and apply those father to father here to your kids to not let them lose sight of what happened in the generation before them? You, you know what? It's, it's tough. And, uh, you know, I was hearing Chris Rock's uh, uh, show yesterday. Did you hear it? I no? watched it last night. So, so you saw, you know, I, I, I'm rich, but I identify as poor. And, 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 and my kids, you know, are, are identifying as rich. Um, you know, not, not that I am rich to begin with, period. But, you know, I, I think that how, how do I do it? Um, father to father, you know, I'm inventing as I go, to be honest with you. You know, I'm, I'm looking at the lessons that I learned from my parents, asking myself what I liked, what I didn't like. And, um, you know, and looking at this new norm, which, which is a different landscape than what our parents had to work with. And uh, just, just sticking it hard when it comes to integrity, sticking it hard when it comes to consistency. And, you know, making sure that they understand that, you know, in this world, you know, your word is something that's very strong, even though, you know, we sign contracts, you know, there, there's a lot of people in our industry that, that don't play, you know, by the rules. You know, I think that, you know, building up your reputation, building up who you are, the quality of your character is, is just the things that I focus on and everything else falls where, where it falls. Father to father, that, that's, that's my strategy. If you don't have your word, what do you really have at the end of the day? You know what? Nothing. And I can tell you this, you know, I have two wild boys. And, and luckily, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm with my wife, so, so we're both very hands-on parents. You know, we're, we're involved in their school, we're involved in their sports. I think one of the biggest luxuries of our industry is, is that it allows you to be involved. As a matter of fact, you know, the more successful you are, the more involved you are, because you know that's a tremendous revenue source of, 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 of leads when it comes to that. 100%. So, so I think that, um, you know, not, not only is, is being a man of your word very important, working hard, but obviously, you know, reaping what, what you, you create and, and family for me is the number one thing. And believe it or not, as hard as I work, as involved as I am, you know, it's a mirage to really get to spend as much time as I can, you know, with my kids. So family man, businessman, all looped into one. That, that line between the personal life and the professional life goes away when you become A, a real estate agent, but B, even more so, the broker that's kind of showing face about your company and creating the image. You are the image of your company. De definitely. Unfortunately, you know, when you have my role, you work Monday through Sunday, and it's the life that I chose, and, and it's the one that I enjoy the most. You know, for me, I've been very lucky that, you know, for the last 17 years that I've been a broker, I haven't worked a day in my life. You know, I enjoy the phone calls. I enjoy the challenges. You know, I enjoy, you know, the, the, the deal making, the art making. Um, you know, so to me, I haven't worked in almost 17 years. And uh, again, it's the life that I chose. Monday through Friday, I'm very hands-on. You know, I, I enjoy the creation of agents. I enjoy the, the deal making. You know, I enjoy the flexibility. I enjoy the people that I meet with in the industry. Agreed. Yeah, it's awesome. So next year, your career will reach legal, legal age of 18. If you could go backwards and tell yourself something on day one when you were first getting into it, what is a piece of advice you would give yourself on day one? 
Great question. And, and um, you know what? Honestly, I, I would never turn back time because a lot of the lessons that I've learned, I learned through those situations. But in a perfect world, um, I would tell myself, risk less when I was early, when I was younger. You know, I, I'd be more um, financially responsible. And, um, and I say that only because, you know, I was lucky enough to ride the boom. So if you read my bio, I tell people I was born in the boom, but raised in the crash. And during the boom, I started in 1999. I was 19 years old. You know, think that, you know, there was months when I was 24, 25, that I was making 20, 30, 40, $50,000 a year. And uh, I didn't invest it. I didn't have a financial IQ on what to do with that money. You know, when, when you see all the rappers and all the celebrities, you know, I had the same financial education as they did. I never thought it was gonna end. You know, I thought it was always gonna keep on going. And, and I was spending way more than I was producing. So, so think that if I can turn back time, um, I'd, I'd be much smarter. I wouldn't leverage what, what, what I w wouldn't be able to manage. It's probably the best way to do that. Um, that is my only regret. Besides that, I jumped into the business very early, very cavalierish, uh, with no fear. And I think it was my youth and my inexperience that allowed me to take that venture, which paid off, you know, with time, to be honest with you. And, and you've become the person you are today because of decisions you've made along the way. So, so, so you, know, you know what? I'm the person that I am today because of the tuition that I paid in my, within my industry, good or bad. Exactly. All right. Let's, let's, talk about, let's talk about the real estate industry and the market itself right now. We're, talk to me. This is an interesting time, right? There's disruptors that are trying to come into our industry. There's lawsuits about the way that we operate and do business. There's organizations forming to attack the role of realtors and, and really just try and change the landscape of business. So what are some of these that, what's one issue that's on point right now that you feel that could be a big impact or you're keeping your eye on? So you know what, I, I think right now, we, we've had a lot of tech industries really collapse and fail with, with a lot of misconceptions that they've seen within our market. So I think we've seen a lot of tech try and we've seen a lot of tech fail. The, you know, when I look at my industry, there's few things that work, and there's few th and there's less things that work without people behind them. True. So, so for me, uh, you know, that human component, it, it, it's a big deal. I think there's going to be a change in how tech looks at us moving forward. Um, I don't see any of the tech out there right now being a big threat within my industry, except for one. Uh-oh. Yeah. Bomb except, drop. Except for one. And, and you're probably going to only hear it here only. And it's Airbnb and BRBO. Interesting. That's not at all what I expected I, to hear. I, I know. Check out my angle. Are you ready for this? So, so I think this. I think once, once you empower a consumer to do a short-term rental, which to me is probably one of the hardest transactions in the history of real estate, mm -hmm. I, I think you're in trouble. I think what stops an Airbnb from saying, don't rent here. How about buy? So I think they're one click away from having a product that you can try before you buy. I think it's very powerful. And I, I think that right now they have the eye of the consumer. You know, when you look at investment properties, everybody's leaning to what can Airbnb do for me. So they have the eye of the consumer. What stops them from putting a price tag at the end of it? Nothing. And, and, and for me, I, I think that, you know, it's going to be one of the biggest worries for me. It, it's when I can try, when, when a company that focuses on short-term rentals can now just flip a switch and say, instead of you know, going to the Keys and staying in this beautiful waterfront resort, why not buy it for two million? You know, here's the financing and here's you know, the, 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 the grocery multiplier that a property like this under Airbnb can produce. You know, I think that's very enticing and very attractive. I mean, it's, we live in an on-demand society where if I want it, I want to do it now. I don't want to wait the 30 to 45 days that it takes to close on a home right now. 
I've always thought that that timeline will shorten and will shorten and will shorten and whatever title underwriter and mortgage company that can kind of figure this out and turn it into a, a frictionless online experience where a consumer can decide and later on that day go get their home. Uh, there, there's going to be somebody who solves and closes that gap. You know, I, I, think, I think that they're going to have to fight the, 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 the mortgage lenders and the title companies you know, before they fragment those services. Well, there, there's a title company underwriter right now that's if you want to refi your home they can do it within two hours oh wow they can ensure the title on a refi within a couple hours and they're working on a, a rapid approval for new purchases as well uh, for reissues or or new title policies so it's all about taking these the paper documents the historical archives and all these different segmented aspects that go into writing title insurance and digitizing all of this into a certain percentage of where you can feel confident that you're, you're making the right decisions, right? So much of our industry is now taken online. So taking that same concept, if you can do a refi in a couple hours, you might be able to do a new purchase in two, three days. And that's, that's already 10% of where we are right now. Absolutely. So I could see that leaning into what your concern is. But it's a big difference of spending $2,000 on an Airbnb and spending $2 million on that house. I'm, I'm, I'm not saying it's here. I'm just saying that when I look at the threats out there, you know, I, I look at you know, so, some of the big tech companies that focus on search, and I think search is where they, they've maxed out. I, I, I find that business model of short-term rentals, you know, giving you a high cap rate or a good return and then putting a sale price, to me, you know, that, that makes more sense of any of the tech. Like if, if I were to go all in, you know, that would be my, my favorite tech to go all into right now. Interesting. Call, call me crazy. And, and, and where, you, where you live down here in Miami, there's, you know, we're in beautiful Miami right now. This is great. First recording in Miami-Dade County. Um, when you're in Miami in an area that house hacking and people buying their first homes and renting out a certain portion of it or the second side of a duplex or turning those into having multiple investment properties that you're doing vacation rentals with, that's becoming more popular in areas that are populated like Miami, Fort Lauderdale, West Palm, the Keys, right? Absolutely. All up and down. And you've got on the opposite side, the legislation and the municipalities that are trying to fight and push all this out. How would you feel if you had your next door neighbor doing Airbnb right next to you? So, so you know what? I obviously wouldn't be very happy with my next door neighbor having Airbnb right next to me, but I also wouldn't be happy with my neighbor losing his property rights either. You know, I, I think we have to strike a, a, a fair balance when, when it comes to what we can do when we buy property. And, you, you know, to, to me, I have a hard time when, when government interferes with my ability to take care of my assets and my, and my businesses. And uh, I definitely understand, you know, when it comes to my neighbors. And I think there's, you know, associations and condos that are designed to protect that. And if you don't, then you're, you know, you have to open yourself up to that, to that, that possibility. But I do think that the world has changed. And, and I think that, you know, fractional... Living, it's, it's going to be the new rich. You know, I don't think people are going to want to buy permanent places. I think they're going to want to spend a month in Europe, you know, a month in Mexico, and a month over here. And I think Airbnb is going to lend itself to that. And then Airbnb is going to play, you know, the same rules that real estate plays, which is location, location, location. I'm sorry, what was that? Location, location, <laughs> location. I didn't pay you to say that one. I didn't. Oh, that's right. And for the record, location, the, the company, what, one of my favorite brands out there. I think there's very few companies out there that are moving at your speed, innovating at your speed, and giving 
the agents, you know, the value that they really deserve. So kudos to that. Appreciate free, that, man. Free, free, free marketing there. Listen, you got to game recognize this game when they see it, and you, you, get, you guys are doing it awesome. So, I, so congrats on that. I, I have to tell you, I have stolen a couple ideas from watching some of your stuff. So it's, it's, listen, I, I think we, we're all in the same, you know, in the same industry, and, and if we improve each other, we, we only hire the industry. They say imitation is the most sincerest form of flattery. There you go. I'll take that. There I'll you take go. that. All right. So I want to go back to Airbnbs. This is a great topic. I, I enjoy this very much. But what you just mentioned about the fractional ownership and taking that out to different areas, you could buy a month in Europe, a month in California, a month in Key West, and then Airbnb your rights during that time, it turns your investment capabilities in, into kind of diversifying that across. Isn't the world has changed. You know, the way we look at real estate, I, I think, you know, it's shifting. We're learning as we go. We're inventing as we go. Like, like I say, but I think it's interesting. And I think, again, you know, what we've been seeing and, and in markets that, that we work in the Keys, you know, the Keys, you go there and you buy a house there and the grocery multiplier is six years. It's crazy. You, know, you get your money back in it's six crazy. years. Yeah. You know, you can't go anywhere here and buy a multifamily and get, and get that same return. And there you come out of there with, with a house on the water. Are right. you kidding me? And somebody else is paying for all your stuff. So, so I, I think when you look at these new investment vehicles, you know, the game has changed and you have to sort of pay attention and follow the trend. So you just opened an office in the Keys, right? So you know what? I, I, I have two offices in the Keys. I have one in the public shopping center. And we have one in mile marker 97 that we just opened up. We actually bought that location. Um, and the front of it is Overseas Highway. And the back of it, you're going to love this, is actually a canal leading out to the ocean. Nice. Yeah, it's a place so, to keep the boat. So think we, we have three docks in the back. So I, I tell my agents, you can, you can come by the front or come by the back. You know, you <laughs> tell me how. And, and when it comes to our clients, if they need to store a boat or they need to store, you know, an RV there, there there's parking there as well. But think that... Um, you know, we've been practicing in the Keys for almost seven years, and uh, we're looking for more of a permanent place. And, and that, that one came up, and it was available for purchase right before the interest rates jumped up, and we totally took advantage of that. A real estate company needs to open and own real estate well, for their offices. Listen, speaking about other great companies, you know, when, when I look at, you know, another competitor of ours, Kai's, you know, they, they do a great job of buying their own real estate. And when, when you look at, you know... The history of a company like that that's been around for 90 years, when you look at a lot of their success, you know, you, you can't negate the fact that they own their own buildings. And when the market went down, they didn't have to close up and they were able to stay alive, you know, where, where they got a lot of their biggest growth. So, so to me, it's just being smart. If I'm paying rent, I'm paying my own stuff, or at least I'm going to try to pay my own stuff. And, uh, you know. If not, your landlord well, isn't and, such and, a mean guy. And listen, for all, all, all the realtors out there, you know, real, real estate teams and real estate brokers, you know, our biggest overhead you know, it is, is rent. And, and if we can mitigate that or pay ourselves rent, you know, I think we're one step ahead of the game. It's savvy business operations is what we're going to call that one. Yeah, I'll take it. I'll take it. So, so going a little bit further, talking more about, uh, about the local market. It's been, it's been an interesting time. The market, stock market, cryptocurrency markets, uh, investment markets have all kind of dropped over the last year. We all experienced during the pandemic a crazy market. It was feast or famine. It was an absolute feast during that time. And all of a sudden, click, follow up another day, and the market's shut. Investment markets, stock markets, cryptocurrency markets. And Miami is a hub or a capital in Southeast, the Southeast United States, actually the whole United States, for cryptocurrency. How do you feel that these market shifts, especially the cryptocurrency, is going to change the way that Miami real estate could be operated or the desirability of Miami real estate? So great, great question. And um, you know, my observation, 
working here in in South Florida was when it come when it came to the crypto market, there was a lot of talk. You know, we, we had you know seminars and classes on crypto's exchange for real estate, and I'm going to be very honest with you, I saw very little to none of it. You know, when I would talk to people with great crypto holdings, they would they would talk about how, what an upward momentum that they that it had that they would never sell their crypto to buy real estate, and you know, and if anything, they would leverage some of their crypto to get it, but they they were still strong on on holding it. Um, I think that that South Florida is bigger than crypto. You know, I think when when you look at South Florida and you just break it down, you know, from a common sense perspective, you know, we we, we have a strong local market. We have a huge international market that has been strong forever. You know, 20% of my market has always been international. Think that when when COVID came and, and you said, you know, all shit hit the fan, let me, let me break the bad word here. No worries, when, you got when, it. When, when all shit hit Ice the break. fan, you know, I, I think, you know, we learned what everybody learned. That, hey, you know what? Home is the most important thing out there. And you know what? How can I secure my home? And it became a big deal there. Um, I don't think that's gone away. And uh, when, when I look at my international market, they're still buying. They're not interest rate affected. You know, they're usually a cash buyer. When I look at the other demographics that came down during that same time period, you know, my New Yorkers, my Chicago's, my, my people from, from California, when, 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 you know, they're still coming down. And when you look at their prices, you know, you can't even compare it to South Florida. You know, we're still cheap. So I think that we are an anomaly when it comes to our, our market. You know, whatever we hear on the national news isn't playing out here. There's still very little, huge demand, very little inventory, very little construction. You know, industry has gone up, construction costs have gone up. So think that people are still fighting over the same inventory and we're, we're still growing month to month. So, so for me, I don't see an end in sight. You know, I think when, when you look at our, our business climate, you know, when you look at our weather, when you look at our lifestyle, businesses now, you know, are, are, are now, you know, giving Miami as a value proposition. Hey, come over here. You get to live that Miami lifestyle or South Florida lifestyle. I think it's very, very popular. You know, I, I had to unbutton one more button when I crossed from Broward County to Dade County so I, I could feel it. like I was part of it. Listen, if you have to unbutton another one, you can go ahead. <laughs> well, we're going to keep this PG-13, so I'll keep, it, I'll keep it closed. Um, but what I love about seeing different trends that come about, like the cryptocurrencies, um, the fractionalized ownership, the Airbnb stuff, it always lends towards a new idea or a new concept that grows bigger for something else. Now, what, what, what I am keeping an eye on is, is the tokenization of real estate. That to me- That's where I was going. Yeah, that turns me on. Like to me, I, I like that. Let's break it up. Let, let's give everybody a small little piece. You know, let's make them part owner. Let's make it easy, transferable. Um, you know, I, I love the thought of buying a trophy property with a bunch of people and owning it. You know, to me, that's interesting and, and, and attractive for me. When you think about the stock market and how volatile it can be going up and down and people who play in and out of it every single day, what doesn't go down over a long period of time? It's real estate. And the problem with real estate investing for so many people in our country and even internationally is the barrier of entry to get in, to start. And you can build over time, but using that concept, the tokenization of real estate, if it can be more, more widely applied, then someone can get in for, I don't know, $500, $5,000, and, $50,000. And like you said, it's just about getting in. Correct. It's just about getting in. I, I, I think this, when, when, when you empower you know, those that can't, the opportunity too, I, I think it opens up you know, a, a huge opportunity uh, of innovation, a huge opportunity you know, for, for changing the business. 
and, and giving more people opportunity to grow their wealth. So for me, you know, the, the minute I learned about it, the minute I saw some examples that, that they had throughout the nation and the talk, you know, to me, it's always got my interest. You know, and obviously what I'm waiting for is, you know, some real players, you know, with some real properties, you know, and, and see how it really lays out over time. But, but that, that to me is, you know, where, where my eyes would definitely be in besides Airbnb. It's, it's, a, it's a scary proposition to look at and think about if you're, you're entrusting your money into an organization or a product or a program that has to then turn around and take that, that little piece you've given them along with little pieces of countless other people, could be 10, could be 100, could be 10,000 different people, depending on the type of property and the value, right? And apply and manage and operate with so many elements of risk involved in between and insurances. And it's just so highly regulated that there's, there's kind of this barrier that somebody's got to figure out and then you and I are going to be buyer one and two yeah. getting in on that, that gigantic multifamily property for whatever X amount of money that we don't have $500 million to go throw around and go buy ourselves. No, but, but I, I want to say I'm part owner of it. Exactly. Part owner of it. I want a piece of it. I, I want to see, you know, especially if I believe in the area and I believe in the returns, you know, if I'm able to get any part of it, it'd be interesting. You know, when, when I look at all the big deals here in South Florida, you only hear about them when they're done, you know, how cool would it be to get in there be part from, of from the ground floor? Hey, I have this idea. Be part of the Genesis. I mean, it's very powerful. And not even doing the deal. It's the long term. It's the, the recurring revenue that happens. Listen, you imagine passing those tokens on to your kids in the future. How cool would that be? Tax, in inheritance. Tax free. Here's your will. You got a home, a couple cars, a couple um, tokens, ex bank account, and um, 35 tokens in, in that 500 unit multifamily complex yeah. in Coral Gables. Who's your daddy? Who's your daddy? <laughs> <laughs> That's talk about a legacy. Um, let's let's talk tech. In my eyes, you're the king of branding and technology. You present your company and your agents and your own business in a really, really unique way. Um, where do you see online marketing going? It's you know we've gone from cell phone pictures to professional photographers and Matterport, this new giraffe thing that's out there. So 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 you know what I, I, I when I've been looking at the landscape of tech. There's three things that, that, that I'm really keening on. You know, number one is AI, which is artificial intelligence, and we've seen the boom of ChatGPT and what it can do for our listings, you know, how we can organize our thoughts, put it together, and, and, and really create an endless amount of opportunities to, to market your property any which way, from, you know, create a post for my social media to write me a YouTube script. You know, you can really go as crazy as, as you want. It's mind-blowing. Listen, so, so I, I think from, a, from, from an owner's perspective, from an agent's perspective, that's one of those tools that, that won't go away, that you're going to always add to it, and that needs to be part of your arsenal. The other one that, 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 that I've been playing with is, is virtual reality. And, and for me, you know, we've been playing around with a 360 cam. And, you know, when, when uh, a couple of Christmases ago, my son got an Oculus. And uh, I bought it for him and I told him, Alec, you know, when you're done playing with it, let, let me see it. And he wouldn't let me see it for two days. So I, I, I caught him one day, passed out in the couch, and I took his Oculus and I put it on. And was he wearing it when he passed out? No, he okay. wasn't. It was fully charged on the side. But I'll never forget that when I put on the goggles, you know, first of all, I, I tried a fishing app which I was the happiest guy in the world in the couch for 30 minutes. All I, all I needed was a, was a cold one in my hand. Um, but once I got through fishing, I went into the YouTube theater. And, uh, you know, I remember seeing a gardener walk through his garden and show me his garden. And, and I, I recall vividly, you know, I would turn my, 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 my Oculus to the side and I would see the hairs in his ears. And I would look down and I would see the fruit tree he was describing. And I felt like I was in 
you know, the garden with him. So I told myself that Christmas, you know, I'm going to buy myself, you know, so for me, I like to pay tuition in order to learn. Um, I said, I'm going to go buy myself a 360 camera. I'm going to, you know, Google some, some, you know, classes on how to edit 360 video. And I wanted to produce my first 360 video. And I did. And uh, not only did I do it, you know, we produced a couple other ones. And I think they're awesome. I think they're super fun. The agents love them. They're super easy. And, you know, just from a luxury perspective, the tech isn't there. But just to be able to say, if I'm going after a luxury listing, hey, most of your demographics have a VR. Let me tell you, we, we produce for them and they can experience this anywhere in the world. You know, I, I think it's super cool. The last thing that we are playing with is AR, augmented reality. So, so augmented reality allows us to have our business cards come alive, to have our flyers come alive, and it's just creating a world where a world didn't exist. So, so for me, you know, I think that we are capped from a tech perspective of what we're able to create. I think the next world is going into the augmented world where I get a brochure and I scan my phone and my iPad and a floor plan pops out, more pictures pop out or a VR or, or an agent telling me a story or a map coming out. So, so for me, you know, augmented reality, um, artificial intelligence and virtual reality are the three spaces that I'm gonna tell you Let's, let's keep our eye on it because I think that, you know, when the consumer is looking for innovation or more importantly, when we're looking to wow our consumer in an industry that is sort of losing its wow, you know, to me, those are the three places that, that, that I've been going to that have been giving me that feeling, you know, inside my body saying, man, this is some cool stuff coming up. Now, we're going to go back to AI, but before we get there, augmented reality, I, I, want, I want our listeners to remember, you never know where this shit's going to come from. You never know. You mentioned to me about AR a couple months ago, and and the one that you showed me, which was this this interactive business card that would then appear within the world around you, right? Where did that come from? Where did you hear about that? So 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 you know what? Just I, a rough idea. So online, I, I went to the end of the internet one night, and uh, you know I, I saw a logo in augmented reality, and I saw it appear in in the middle of some guy's living room, you know, spinning around. And uh, I told myself, how hard can this be? And like you alluded to earlier, I have a big tech background. I've been editing video photography and putting things together uh, for a very long time. And uh, I went to a Google search and I typed in, you know, augmented reality and I did a tutorial. And uh, I want to say that uh, I maybe spent three to four days straight in the tutorial in my mornings you know I wake up at four in the morning so I'll give myself an hour an hour and a half of that tutorial and within four days I felt like I understood the program and and for me I have to pay tuition I got to put my head in there before I can delegate it or teach anybody how to do it so once once I figured out hey you know what I can, I can you know work this machine you know the, the, the next question was can I bring artwork in you know, can I bring all this stuff in? And it took me maybe a couple more days to, to bring that in. And then at that point, it was, you know, I know how to bring it in. I know how to design it. Now, how, how much, how creative can I get with this? And I'm going to tell you that we went crazy. You know, we did just sold signs that were real sold signs that you can hold in your hand that were huge, but that were fake. You know, we did the key just sold where you had a piece of paper, a QR code, and it would just appear in front of you. So if you didn't have the big key in your closing, you just hold the piece of paper, just print out a QR code and it just appears on, on your thing. So, you know, we went crazy. Now, you know, to be honest with you, as crazy as we went, we realized that, hey, we might be too advanced, we might be too early for this, you know, but we definitely gotta keep an eye out. We, we gotta definitely gotta keep on innovating. But when this comes, we definitely wanna be prepared with, with our stuff. The, the point to take away from this is just because it's not mainstream in real estate 
look outside of real estate, discover things that are being done, innovations that are being made outside of our industry, and think about how you could apply it for your own business and your own brand. Absolutely. I, I think that that's one of the keys as well. And, and, and like, like you, I keep my eye out as well. Always looking at what's going on outside, seeing how I can bring it in. Unfortunately, real estate, you know, when you have as much money in our industry and as much commission and uh, as much innovation, you know, believe it or not, that we're one of those industries that is cutting edge. You know, we are at the well, speed now. Yeah. We have to be. So let, let's go back. AI, chat GPT, it's hot right now. It it's, is. It's the sexy topic. It's the new cryptocurrency conversation. It is what's happening now. And agents, realtors, and many brokers tend to wait until it becomes mainstream before they follow through and follow in. Take TikTok, for example. There are very few people that were adopting in the beginning and those who did reap the benefits now Definitely. while everyone else is trying to catch up. So ChatGPT, the limit of what you can get done in there is only created by yourself. Absolutely. What I find absolutely incredible is the days of agents trying to come up with buyer guides, seller guides, descriptions on properties, um, top 10 things to know when you're buying a home, um, walk, how to walk a buyer. And here's one we tested this morning, working with a buyer from a to Z Wow! and just simply typed that into chat GPT. Cause just, you got to constantly refresh your training material, check it out, get so, some food for thought. And that took it as literally alphabet, A, B, C, D, E, F, G all the way through as using literation. Stop it. Going with a, a appraise your property. Yes. B, be back. <laughs> and it took you all the way th all the way through with the letter X being explain and it, it gave you that little dad joke nuance to the term that brought character and personality like somebody's sitting there writing this stuff it's incredible it's, it's impressive stuff you know to me it, it's a game changer and um, you know I, I, sure you guys are doing it or if not you're gonna start doing it or if not you're gonna advise your agents to do it but but in my company once we get a new listing I run the remarks to ChatGPT. Just, just basic. Let, let me just double check if it can be written better. And I send it back to the agent. Hey, I know this was your remarks, but how does this sound? And if it sounds great, why don't you just change it? And, and trying to already in, indoctrinate them in that, in that culture of, hey, listen, you know what? We don't have to half-fast it anymore. Let me rephrase it. We should never half-fast it. But here, even less of a reason to half-fast it. And, 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 and with ChatGPT... I think the biggest issue that you agents use, have... You can use your whole ass. Listen, what, what, what agents get stuck you know, in ideas and what am I going to write? What am I going to do? And, 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 and just to unstuck you, to me, it's a game changer. When you can get, you know, what remarks should I write? You know what? I'm not sure. Let me just write the adjectives with a comma and, and ask it to, to write it for me. You know, to me, that, that, that saves so much time. And then at the same time, it also adds time to it because now I have more work because I have more ideas and I have to refresh and re personalize and put it all together. So I have a, a long to-do list of ChatGBTs. Now, my favorite ChatGBT request is, you know, give me five good real estate jokes. And, and I have those in my pocket. Is that where you pulled those yeah, from? Yeah, for sure. Oh, that's for sure. awesome. For sure. That's awesome. Some of them were good. Some of them were not so good. But um, either way, you it's came like, with content. Yeah, they, they work. Uh, any, anyhow, so ChatGPT, it revolutionizes the way that we can not only run our own business as an agent, but how brokers can interact with their agents. And you, what you're providing right there and changing the listing remarks is of value. It is something of value your agents are taking away from you as a broker, as a mentor, as a leader. Definitely. And uh, 
I'll never think of somebody's speech the same ever again. Yes, and I, for sure. I'm with you. I'm, I'm going to question everything. Did you write that? Or did ChatGPT write that? And that's going to be the running joke. Um, so as, as I follow you through social media, there's, there's a different aspect of, of your life and your professional life as well. You're currently the, the active secretary for Florida Realtors, um, 225,000 members strong in Florida. That's, that's massive. That's absolutely huge. It's a huge responsibility that you take on your shoulders and we thank you for your volunteerism. Thank you very much. Um, but part of your role and part of your involvement has been doing quite a bit of traveling and some public speaking and some interactions. Can you tell me a little bit about your trips overseas and where you spoke, what you spoke about? So Florida Realtors hasn't provided me a platform to speak outside. Um, usually when I speak on, on, in Florida, when it comes to Florida Realtors, it's usually at a district or some sort of district event where we're talking about you know, the products that um, Florida Realtors has, what, what we do from a legislative perspective, and, and what our mission is you know, as Florida Realtors, which is to protect our industry and the, and the profitability of brokers. Um, besides that, um, I, I've been a keynote speaker probably for the last 10 years. Um, I've been traveling around the world talking. And um, you know, what I talk about is um, real estate at the speed of now. So a little bit of you know, how I leverage technology to practice in today's market, you know, get the most exposure, get the highest price, you know, and how we do it, leveraging tech. Um, I, I've been very successful doing it in Spanish. You know, people in Spain love to hear a Spanish person talk about, you know, real estate in America and how we practice. So that, that's resonated very well. Um, besides that, um, real estate at the speed of now, I also do a broker training that's very, very popular where I, where I give people, you know, an inside look at my company, how I run it, why I do the things that, that, that I do, how I do it, and the, the methodology behind it. Um, and I, I think what people are just interested in is somebody who's successful and what other techniques, you know, you, you know, me and you have been in the industry for a while. And, and, and I know we know that my success is not your success. Everybody does things differently. Um, but I think people want to hear, you know, what we're doing in South Florida, which is probably one of the most competitive markets in the history of the world, you know, what we're doing to stay relevant, you know, what, what we're doing to get market share. And, um, you know, I, I love to go on stage and really break down what we do, and it's no secrets. It's consistency and a lot of the things, you know, that move the needle, you know, but I think I have a very pretty way of painting it together and putting it together that, 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 that you know, resonates with, with the agents. It's probably the best way how I can put it together. Nice, nice. I, I really didn't, I didn't have an idea. Yeah. So I appreciate that. And there's something that we can all learn from each other. And when we improve each other within even our same marketplace, everybody wins. Hands down. I think that's a, a given. You know, I'm a firm believer that I have no competitors in this business. You know, I wake up and I compete against me every morning. Can I wake up? Can I make more phone calls? Can I do more? Um, and, um, you know, when it comes to teaching and showing people what I do, um, to me, it, it's one of my favorite things to do only because it makes me feel that I'm doing things right when people look at me and when people listen to me. And, and as an independent broker, you know this as I do, you know, we're not part of a huge franchise with 10,000 people, you know, telling us, you know, what they, what they did in, in another state. We have to really invent as we go. We got to really pay tuition. You know, we got to look at our markets and react accordingly. Um, and, and for me, just to be able to do that. So bef before we wrap up, we're going to go, we're going to go one more thing that I started doing recently over the last couple episodes. It's the lightning round. I love it. Okay. So I'm going to give you a term and give me the first thing that comes to mind with you. All right. The first thing that comes to your mind, it can be a one word description. It can be a short phrase, whatever you want to say. Let's go. I'm ready. Okay. Um, family. The most important. Why? Your why. 
Definitely. Okay. Exercise. Need more of it. Miami. Number one place in the world. Florida. Number one state in the world. Condo market. Not going to do as good as my single family or townhouse market. Commercial. Industrial on fire. Multifamily on fire. Office. Wait and see. Retail is my, it's my, my great hope right now. Mentorship and training. I think that uh, in, in this business, when the going gets tough, we don't rise to the occasion. We actually compress to the level of training that we have. And, so, and for me, when it comes to mentoring and training, um, it, it, it's necessary. Confidence is the only thing we sell in this business. And confidence is built by experience and training. Three left. Social media. The social media, the most powerful platform out there. Agreed. Agreed. New agents. One out of ten. One out of ten? Megan. Can you, can you, oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, can you elaborate on that? One out of ten, <laughs> make it. Okay. But uh, I, I could elaborate. Do you have another hour? Yeah, no, go. No. Let's go. So, so listen, I, I think new agents, I think. They're, they're a double-edged sword. They're awesome. And, and you know, a lot, a lot of them don't understand the real hard work that comes into this business. You know, people think that it's really easy. And, um, you know, I wasn't born with a silver spoon in my, in my mouth. I had to really grind. And it took years to build a business. And people come in here, you know, with, with uh, you know, very short-term mentality that, hey, you know, things are going to go quick really fast. And then it doesn't. And, and for me as a broker, you know, we, we invest a lot into our agents. You know, and to get that one out of ten, you know, it's tough. All right, last one. Go for it. This one's a little deep. Uh, try me. Legacy. Legacy. So I, I don't pay attention to it too much as, as I live it. You know, hopefully at the end of my tenure, you know, my, my family and my boys would look back and say, hey, you know, this guy woke up early every single day, gave it his all, and really tried to change the industry for the better. And if, if I can get anywhere close to that, I'm a winner. I love that. I love that. What is, what is your, this isn't the lightning round anymore. That's over. You can rest a little bit. Um, but I'm going to ask you one last question and then ask you for some inspirations that our audience always takes away. Uh, listening to podcasts, hearing speakers, motivating has, has always a big piece of everybody in a business mindset's day. So before it, before we go to that, what is your, what's your lifelong goal? Where do you want to end up or how do you want to finish? Could be professional, financial, familial, personal, whatever it might be. So, Where do you want to get to in life? So you, so you know what? It's very simple. You know, I want to be on the, on the beach with a drink in my hand. Well, we can do that. Yeah. But with, without any worries. Um, so, so to be honest with you, I, I, I think, um, where do I want to be? I, I definitely want to financially be put in a situation where, you know, my, my investments pay for the lifestyle that I want. Um, professionally, you know, I, I want to be respected by my peers and I definitely want to be a trendsetter and an innovator. Um, family wise, you know, I definitely want to keep my family together as long as possible forever. And, and uh, you know, I got two beautiful boys, you know, that I'm dying to see grow up. They're in high school and, and, you know, almost finishing middle school. So I'm enjoying, you know, all these, you know, parts of their lives, watching them grow. And I definitely want to be, you know, a part of it more, more than anything. Um, you know, and, and spiritually, I don't know, you mentioned that. I just want to make sure I'm good enough to go upstairs. Get through those gates. Yeah, that's it. That's my goal. All right. Now, before we, before we depart, are there any speakers, podcasts, books, 
anyone that's been an influence on your life professionally or personally, either way, uh, that you would suggest listeners uh, go, out and, go out and investigate? So you, you know what? You know, people come in and out of my life and books come in and out of my life, you know, during different times and sessions that, that are impactful and that change, you know, who I am. Um, I'm going to speak to you right now. And, and, and the book that is moving me the most is called The Good Life. And, and, and The Good Life has nothing to do with real estate. It, it's actually the longest-running Harvard study on what makes people happy. And, and it's, it's a 90-year study where, where, where they've interviewed, you know, thousands of people throughout their lives. And, um, you know, the, the results are, are moving. You know, it reminds you what's important. Um, you know, it, it reminds me, at least, of all the BS that, that, that we go through in life and what, what's really important. And it reminds you that happiness is based out of it. So for me, it's a, a nice little reminder of where my mind needs to be in this crazy world that we live in. Enjoy the ride, provide value to those around you, appreciate the moment, and you'll end up exactly where you wanted to be in the first place, and that's no bull. Yeah, I love Thanks, that. Thanks, George. Thank you for coming down. I appreciate, appreciate it. Thanks, bro.